Welcome back to the Raised Hunting Podcast, and what you guys just caught me doing there was scrolling through because we've been doing some shout-outs, and I want to do a shout-out to this gentleman because Sean Wood wrote in and gave us a really good topic. Um, so if you guys will do the same thing, we'll do the same. We'll give big shout-outs. Once in a while, we might even give something away. Yes, but, we also got Brian Daxon and Devin Yoder, our oh yeah. boy Devin. Devin and Devin Yoder. Yeah, and Bri- kind of a Brian, you said? Brian, yeah. Yeah, everyone is asking, what are we doing at this time of year to get ready for deer season? I mean, we're talking, can't see my own watch, May 18th, 19th? 18th. Yes, 18th. May 18th, all right. And so, like, start June, thinking deer. July, August. Oh, yeah, we got five months. September, I don't understand why it feels so much later in the year. Uh, to me, it doesn't feel like. It's only May 18th still. No, it feels like June or July. Uh huh. Well, turkey season ended. But that was really five days ago. That was really and a really, really, really unfortunate thing to just do. What? Like we just counted out how many months until deer season. What's wrong with that? It would have been better in my head not knowing. Oh, wah wah wah. I think uh, was it New York maybe? Still turkey season? I think they just opened. Yeah, Wisconsin, I think, is still rolling. I, a lot Idaho's of Idaho is still going to be open. So is Wyoming. Idaho's still open too. When does theirs close? Thirty first. Wow. I wonder when it opened. It's a good question. I don't care about that part. It's open when I'm there. <laughs> just in <laughs> case. All right, but but we're supposed to. We're not talking about turkeys anymore. We've been talking about turkeys for weeks now. Now we're going to talk about some deer stuff, which brings up the first subject is seeing them suckers in velvet is fun but like they're way early but nick and i saw a buck this morning is why i was i mean standing right off the side of the road he's looking at it's already had brow tines and i don't know eight or ten inches of his main beam something like that one the other day with g2s yeah i know that's wild i'd like to go back and look at photos and see if that's normal growth or that seems fast to me i think it's well it's got to be fast considering me and dad over the course of the last two weeks of season, the amount of, like, turkey season, the amount of deer we had coming up to us, the majority were bucks, and they all were already growing everything. Some of them had, like, the start of a split for their eye guard and, like, their main beam. Not a single one was even close to going all the way up, having the eye guard, G2, and past the G2 some. Like, this buck had, he, had, he has G2 to grow still, but I mean, oh, yeah, he had already grew, started growing it, and his main beam was going. Mr. Yep. Liss. Wasn't even to his eye guards yet. Yeah. Yeah, no. I would right. say that one is early, especially because it wasn't like he was, he grew, he, he's obviously ahead of all the others, but I don't think he's like a huge deer. I don't think that has any correlation to size, though. When they're growing? No, I don't. I'm just saying just, that he'll, he'd, be, he'd, he'll be one of those. Some of them July 4th, he's fully, fully grown. Yep. yep. So, all right, but what are some of the things that we're doing to get ready? Because we are doing some stuff um, besides take an inventory on these deer as they're starting to grow to see if there's someone that you can pick out who it is. Mr. Liss Warren's talking about, we know this deer and we know him because he's missing an eye and he has kind of a weird configuration. And he's got that scar and he's got that a scar. scar and back. so you can tell that it's him. I mean, no doubt, even though he's only got five inches, five <laughs> or six inches of antlers, you know, we know it's him. I think so with these topics that we've gotten, the three guys that have sent in the majority of these, they're they're asking what we're doing preseason, what we're doing now. They've asked about food plots and stuff. They've asked about so I think we'll just break it into two. I would be smart would be what you're doing on a lot of like your, your private release stuff, and then 
on basically on land that you can do stuff with and then on land that you can't do things with. So Yeah, and and so Sean actually asked a few questions that I think we will put into that. Number one, though, I, I want to make sure, because I see this with the kids at camp, I see this with other hunters, is number one, that what everyone should be doing right now, shooting your bow. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one more. You should be shooting your bow all the time, but imperative and, and the, now. Yeah, and and you want to be the guy that shoots 10 arrows a day, not 150 arrows the day before. Yeah. You know, um, if you shoot 10 arrows a day, it kind of keeps you in the flow of things and keeps you going. And even with my shoulder, I've took my bow home, and I've been shooting a little bit. I, I don't shoot a lot of arrows. I can't. Especially with anybody that lifts. Yes. Anybody that works out. It's more important for you to be shooting frequently. Because your, things are going to change. Right. But like for you two, it's pretty like Warren, it doesn't seem like it affects him as much. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like he'll lift and he might have some big differences every once in a while. It seems like with you, like a lot of times, affects me a lot. if you like change your workout, you're going to have to go change your sight too. Oh, I can't. Um, no, I can't shoot my bow and, and lift. That's a. That's, it does change that it, much for you? It, um, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean it changes as far as if I go a day where I'm fresh, yeah, I'll be dead on. And then if I lift in the morning or whatever, usually I'm so fatigued that yeah. I can't hit the broadside of well, a bar. Well, I'm not. I'm not talking about the fatigue because like you can plan your lifts around that kind of thing. Like, okay, I'm gonna shoot before I go lift. But I'm talking like your muscle growth or if when you're not lifting. You shrink some, or I think it's a I combination. Think technically, I think it's I think growth fatigue. I think muscle memory because I can tell you, you probably experienced it too. You don't realize it until you go to draw your bow and you can't. I mean, like not even close from lifting a, from a day of lifting yeah. is all it is. The next day you walk out and whoop. I mean that. That's why I, I I don't understand how guys that say they lift super hard and shoot and lift every day. I'm like if you're if you're really lifting and shooting every day. You ain't lifting that hard, yeah. Because or you're not shooting that. <laughs> when well. you really lift hard, like you can't go out and shoot your bow normal, uh, unless like what I said, like if they were swapping, like if they're doing going to shoot and then they go lift afterwards. But if you're sore from the day, yeah. Before, no, I'm saying then, I'm saying lifting before oh, yeah. you shoot. If you lift ever, even honestly though, if I if I lift really hard, the next day, two three days, yeah, yeah. Like that's why a lot during hunting season. One, we're hunting, but two. Even even when we get close to elk season, I don't like to lift in the last few few weeks of August because I need to make sure I can hit something. Yeah. And I need to make sure that my bow is consistent. Right now, it's not that big of a deal. If I shoot one day and I shoot the next and there's a three, four-inch difference or whatever, I don't adjust anything because I know it's probably just me and then I and I shoot again when I'm fresh. Like, and I keep notes. You know, I was like, I was fresh today and I'll be good. But when I get close to, to season, I don't want to have a – three or four inch variants and I don't know how to I don't know how to avoid that other than I guess maybe I could just lift light. Yeah. And and see I've had to start doing that. So I used to lift to the extent of what you're doing now, what you're doing now. And I can't do that anymore. Um and still be able to number one, I can't lift it like I used to just I'm just not going to be able to do that anymore. So what I can do, though, and I have to because used to I could put away, I would like completely quit lifting during the entire hunting season, three months, September, October, November, when we lived in um, Montana. And here it's more of a mid-September through December. 
because we could be back in the tree even in December. But my point is, is that I w- I've gotten to where I have to do a little something, um, but I just don't lift very heavy or do very, like no, no, like short reps and a lot of weight. It's a lot of, a lot of reps, a little bit of weight just to kind of keep the muscles warmed up and things like that. So I think people need to really pay attention because I, I know that it took me a little bit to figure out. You guys were fortunate enough that I could tell you, yeah. hey, this is what's going to happen. And when you lift weights, it's going to affect how you shoot your bow. Um, not that you won't be able to do it, but I was going back and forth with a sight, back and forth, because one day I was here, one day I was here, you know, and, and finally I realized, wait a minute, maybe this has something to do with what I'm doing outside of. Especially you know, if you do shoulders or something like that. Yep. It's going to have a huge effect. Correct. Point being practice. Shoot your bow. Yeah. yeah. Shoot and, your bow. And if you're going to venture on go. anything, if you're going to try a thumb release or you're going to try a back tension or something, you, if you're going to try either of those, I would start right now because you're going to need a few months to and, get. Yep. And you it. have a lot of, like, check around. You have a lot of your 3D shoots are going to be opening, if not already, that are going to be outdoor and stuff, and that's great times to go, whether it's just a course or whether it's a shoot. Go shoot on the weekends or yep. whenever. Like, we have one that we go to quite a bit just to kind of keep, you get a hike around, shoot stuff, and be something a little more fun than just a target. So, All right. But Sean's specific question was about deer, about deer season and or deer in general. And I, I want to answer one of his questions. So he asked a question about, like, trail cameras. What do we do with our trail cameras this time of year? I can tell you right now I'm not running as many cameras as I will as I will be in, say, August. Yep. You know, um, one thing is um, the other one that he asked was, are we already using our scents? And I believe that you could. I did it last year as early as I, – I can't say I did it in May. I did not do that. But June 1, yep. I had scrapes that I started opening, and I started having deer come into those scrapes. Now, they're not going crazy. They're not – but they're sniffing it. They're licking it. They're making sure that they knew what was going on. So um, it was – staying a, in touch. Yeah, absolutely, other. especially if you've got one of those scrapes that you know is going to be that community scrape where they're going to start coming back to um, – you could, I know during July you had them out. Oh, for sure. I, I know I did that. in June. Yeah. I wrote it down. I, it's I kept incredible the log to me the year. more you pay attention and the more you listen. Like even if you just pay to listen to stuff we're talking about, because the amount we talk about scents and scrapes and uh, rubs and everything, that now when I was turkey hunting, you know, like, or even when I was going shed hunting and things like that, seeing the amount of scrapes and everything that are like you can see that they just scraped the living crap out of it today, and yeah. it's May. And it just shows, goes to show right there that if you're paying attention, you find some of these certain ones. Those are really good ones to find because if they're using it right then, it's probably a, they're using they're it still year communicating. round. Yeah. That's a great spot to, that would be a natural one that you know. If they're keeping it open the, throughout the off season, like when they're not actually fired up, you know that they're going to be keeping that open probably year round. However, last year was a big year for me to determine that Going this early, meaning having a camera sitting on a scrape, having in May, June, maybe even early July, it also let me know that some deer were around, but not deer that I was going to get to hunt. Yep. I had several deer that were in. I was like, "Holy cow! Look at the this deer! I don't recognize." Or a couple of them I did know. I'm like, "Oh, maybe he's moved over." Yeah. Soon as as soon as he became hard horned, it was gone time. Depends. I had two of them last year that I can think of. The a deer we called. Um, 
Oh, which one? Uh, cluster. One, cluster. Cluster would be one, and then the other one is the Nomad that got killed. Yeah, he was kind of doing that the whole time. Yeah, but I'm just saying he was there and gone, there and gone, there and gone. And, I mean, I was seeing him two miles away from my camera. Yeah. You know, which was nuts. I've, ne- I've never. Well, he did s- the same thing. Yeah, but I've never seen you a pay, deer. Definitely pay that. attention to things like that because you'll, you'll have ones that move away and you'll have ones that are moving in. Like I, I can think of only two or three that I was paying attention to last year that moved away completely. And then I knew that I had a couple others that showed up right at the end of summer right. that those were. Yeah, it can work to your benefit but as some, well. Some places you, you might have a farm that's, you're, the can't, the deer you're getting there, they have no reason to leave at all. But, they may stay or they are just there for that time of year and they're all going to leave. But. So you got a couple cameras out. Yeah, I, honestly, I keep three or four out all year. Right. Like I've, I've had cameras out. I mean, I haven't. So, have you since. changed locations? You had yours out for turkey season. Yeah, I had my for turkeys. I changed locations. And, um, and then, what about for deer now? Uh, I just put another one out, so I have four out right now, and I just put up another one that's back in an area that I know that they're in. And I, but I also put a food block out. That's what I, I, that's what I was going to yep. get at. Is what can you do to kind of put these deer in front of your camera? I would definitely say that this time of year, more than anything is we're on food yep. we're, we're, or, or that catching them going to and from the food, yep. whatever that may be, whether that's a bean field, whether that's um, something. And, and I'm big on the um, Greeniac blocks. Yeah. Uh, I like those because they're handy. You can drop them anywhere and it puts them right there where you get a good video or good photo of who it is. You can see them well. Yeah. For instance, for like the guys that, I keep thinking of Devin because he's asked me a couple times um, on places that you don't <clears throat> can't drive to or whatever else. Like f- on the where I put that food block was just one of those little brick ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was a buck brick, isn't that what it's called? I think so. I don't. I think yeah. I think that's what's called. But I like to do the reason I use those one is because it's super easy for me to walk all the way in there, drop it right there. It lasts a little while and it doesn't make a huge hole or nothing. Um, but they, I have the acorn and the apple ones specifically because i think right now you're this next month or so you have a really good time to have a reason for them to come to a food block one it's good for their growth of their antlers and it's very healthy for them especially with the different types of food and if you are using some kind of block that has mineral in it that's going to allow them to grow better right but as well as like our corn hasn't grown yet our beans haven't grown yet our i mean they're sprouted and there's some that are starting to but if you give them something that's really, really easy, it's kind of like winter. When it's winter time and you throw out a ton of bales, you're going to have every deer in the country there because if there's enough snow, they don't have food anywhere else. Well, yep. they have food here, but like the acorn and the apple one are so different and they're so different smelling that like right now I'll get tons. I'll go back and check that camera. It'll probably be full off of one little block. Mineral is really a big one this time of year. If it's legal where you you're doing it and you can do it, I would be. I would have it out because it's really going to help. It's going to benefit the bucks. Right now, they're in full growth mode. It's going to benefit your does. It's going to well, benefit though. the does that Especially are getting ready to have babies. Yep. And so they're going to seek out those those nutrients that they need. And so a lot of the mineral blocks provide that. Um, I I particularly. Do any of them have protein in them? Some of them do. Yeah. Protein the, a plus. Lot of the, a lot of the minerals do. There, there's one called protein plus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Antler King makes one. 
Yeah. Uh, the one that I really like though is the Lick Magic. It comes in a bucket and it's a powder. <laughs> um, because it, how's it taste? Uh, it does. It smells like you, good. you. You seem like you want to, but it, I've not done it. Warren has put some interesting things in his mouth. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that came out way worse yeah. than I anticipated. Uh, what I'm referring to to tell everybody, Warren. One time we are filming some stuff and said, "If you guys, if you guys dare me, we didn't even pay him. We didn't even offer no, him money." No, it was for the. You're talking about yeah, the, the he's deer do, we're doing some stupid video. He's like, if you use it on the show, I'll I'll put I'll eat this deer turd. We were acting ninja, remember? Yeah, right. like, and he thought it was funny to pick up a turd and smell. It. He's like, I'll even taste it if you guys will use it. Yeah, no, and everybody put, was trying to get me to and do it. And you did it on your own. No, were they not, Dad? They were all. Everyone was telling me to do it. I remember there you was were the a lot one, of discussion. You're the only one dumb and enough to actually put a deer turd in your mouth. I my theory. <laughs> Was this I figured, could taste like grass. I told him, no, I I figured a dry one wouldn't have any flavor. <laughs> so I didn't think it would be that big of a deal. <laughs> yes, and you yes, know? he actually went through. like, no, that and one's I too wet. That one's too that. wet. This, yes, I, I said I wouldn't need a fresh one, but a dry one, I would I would do that because I didn't think there'd be any flavor in. Uh, yes, he did throw it in his there, mouth, but he did not eat it. He spit flavor. that sucker out there, real quick. All I can tell you it is that's like the shit. fastest dry heaves I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that he put it in. Mm, <laughs> I was actually kind of impressed you followed through on it. <laughs> I ain't no weenie. <laughs> so don't, that, now don't go around at this time of year tasting turds. It's not going to help you. In this Why did we season? get on that? The dry ones, the dry ones. Don't taste any better, right? How do you know if they fact, taste the, any the worse? The wet ones might be better because they may be more close to grass form stuff. Oh, I don't know. That's nasty. <laughs> that is so. Gross. I don't even know why we started. I should have looked about for that. one with corn in it. it. Tastes like corn. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> okay, so what we were talking about? I was. We were talking about the lick magic, which is oh, what the right. bucket that Antler King makes that you just dump it on. And there. Dad said it was really good, and I said. It, oh, how does it taste? Because it, it made sound like he was licking yeah. it. Right. It smells that, really good. The antler aid has uh, protein in it, I believe. Antler aid. I just wonder. Don't quote me on like, that. Would, is mineral more integral for their antler growth or protein? We need to get a biologist on here to tell us a little bit more. I mean, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. But from what I have read, I don't believe like for a, for you to go put on muscle mass, like protein overload. Not necessarily over my protein could play a big role in that. You know what I mean? In the muscles repairing, yeah, yeah. But I don't like for their body. Well, maybe for their body, but I think as far as like a healthy antler growth, I don't know how much I I would imagine. But if their body's in better shape, would their antlers grow better? I don't know, Warren. From what I've read, I don't have the answer to that. Anything that you can supplement out there that that is helpful. I think is going to help the deer because obviously, if they come to it, then they're not finding that not finding that naturally. I'm just I'm surprised like Way hasn't tried to get in the game. We'd be crushing with Antler King. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Next next thing I know. Who our, who used to have that logo of the jacked up deer? I or don't he was know. just yoked. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, it was on the side of a trailer at the Iowa Deer Classic. Yeah, it was actually a pretty good logo. Yeah. But the deer did you have you seen that it's one? It's huge. Oh, this deer's roided out, you know, like vein through the the shoulder and everything, and like it's actually. But they did a really, really good job. Like whoever they paid to design it, like it was, it was really good. Yeah, it was cool. Anyway, right, so food food would be number one as far. But now the other part of that, because um, I have more than four cameras out right now, and matter, of, uh, I'm probably going to take this weekend. Now the turkey season's over, I can put food out, and so I'll probably put some blocks out and. Um, when I'm talking blocks, Graniac blocks, 
and set them on well, a couple of farms though we have cattle so I gotta I can't do that so when I have situations like that then I rely on what I believe is the food source of that time of year and I'll put it on a trail as they come by yeah um, and I will say that you don't get as many photos in that particular situation however sometimes you get the best quality photos you but find you also, deer if, that if you start finding the right deer too they're probably going to be pretty habitual Absolutely. And find, you, you might not get as many pictures, but you're going to get the right ones. Yeah. And as opposed to what I hate doing. That's why one of the things I do actually really like about the sense is I'm kind of narrowing down what I'm getting pictures of. Because a lot of times I might get tons and tons and tons of videos or pictures of freaking does and fawns. A doe and a fawn. Which is great to watch for the first 15 videos, and then you get really tired of it. Right. So... That's a downfall to food, but so just keep that in mind though. When you guys are setting your cameras, set the settings according to what you got it set on. Meaning, if I've got something sitting on a food block, I'm going to get a lot of pictures. So I don't want to take a picture every ten seconds or twenty seconds. I want to take a picture every two three minutes because that doe is going to come in with her fawn or hang out. She's going to hang out for a while. So you want to limit that number of pictures. Um, I do bursts on all mine where it's three or four photos at a time. Um, just trying to get one clear picture out of them. Um, and then, but if I'm on a trail, I'm probably going to have it on every 10 to 15, maybe 20 seconds tops because I, I'm not I, expecting. I'm also putting them on video. I yep. use video for everything almost, but like, like food, I'm putting on pictures because I don't yeah, care to put a 180 well, car- card in there. You can't put it in that big enough right, card. Cards in, full in no time. Yeah. So that that's one thing that we definitely are doing as far as cameras go. Um, it's about now. Uh, I would say probably not even really heavily till mid-June. Then then I want to make sure because I can start to tell who some of these bucks are going to be by mid-June. Warren's theory is July 4th is when you can really, yeah, we pretty, and, and that, that may change according to where you live, you know, but here in Iowa, we got pretty good antler growth by July 4th. Yep. I'll, we can, but I'll be, so I go to Idaho tomorrow for a week, but when I get back, so it'll be like June, well, I mean, it'll be end of May, but June, whatever, that's when I'll probably, all my cameras I have right now are probably all going to go out. But I will give you guys a fair warning for things that I will not repeat this year. If you are going to run cameras, whether it's one or 40 or 60, however many cameras you're running, there is a big difference. And there's there's you better pay attention to how like if farmers are in there all the time or if nobody's in there because in the situation like dad around his house he's there enough he can check those cameras and you can check them frequently three four every three four days yeah heck you could check them every day pretty much and you're not going to hurt anything because they're used to hearing the trucks around they're used to hearing us in the yard mowing doing whatever okay but like i thought last year stupidly Wow. Stupidly. 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 Yep, we need that vocab podcast. Yeah, we do. I thought last year, stupidly, that if I'm in there frequently, either even if I'm in there just once a week, it's not that big of a deal, or they'll get used to it at some point, because with me and the farmer being out there checking cows and stuff all the time, it wouldn't be a big deal. I learned going into the season, that was the first year I'd done it that frequently, was the worst season I've had as far as like the deer doing what I know that they're normally doing. So you think you pay attention them. to that. Don't like if you have the majority of places, you're probably not going to want to go in all the time. So like this year, I'll probably end up having 15 to 20 cameras out, but I'll rotate. Part of why I'm out there so much is because 
I want to be out there. Like right. I want something to do. I enjoy being outside. Well, he's you know what he's going to tell you is put Just the cheater worry. cheater cams. Oh yeah, and then you don't have to worry about it. You put cellular See, cameras. I, I enjoy getting to go out, let Chris Doe run me, set cameras, set stands, whatever. I enjoy the work, so I like being out there. But a tip is you can rotate your stuff. So like if I'm going to have 15 cameras out, the ones in this section, I'll go check them this weekend. And I won't touch them for another two, three weeks. Yep. And then, if not longer. And then the next week, if I'm wanting to do what I normally want to do, is I want to be out there as much as possible, I'll rotate. And I'll go to a different section where it's not going to be the same deer kind of thing. If I can, I will try to set cameras, too, where I can drive right to them and check them. Never mm-hmm. get off and walk. If they, like Especially field edges, you know, things like that, where I know the deer are going to walk them at night or whatever. Um, but I definitely want to understand what am I looking for. You know, this time of year, primarily all we're trying to do is an inventory. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to see which way are they going, what are they doing. You know, I'm just looking for who's here, who made it, who, who did I not see, who's going to make a big jump. Um, you know, that kind of thing at this time of year, that's all that we're really kind of doing. Yep. Um, so if you, if no, you're going to try to get the deer used to you by technically kind of maybe training them or pressuring them to that amount, I don't know how you, the best way to specify that, but, uh, what, how often do you think you need to be in there? Cause I know what I, how often I think you need to be in there. Well, I think to start without just dropping a bomb on them where you're there like every day kind of thing, I think you need to be in, try to be starting to go out or be out there in your, be present loud, whatever, make it known that you're there at least two to three times a week. And then after that, once they actually start to get used to it, I'm like every day, like they need to know if, if you want them to genuinely get used to you or have an idea that somebody's going to be in here all the time, they need to know that you're there dang near every day and they can still do their normal things, not have to run away or whatever, because they know that you're yeah. just doing your stuff. But it, the logic of that or the, ability for most people i don't have the time to do that i don't i don't have the ability to go out and just hang out with my deer every day yeah his is kind of nice because the the, the your the house sits house, on, right. in the center of where yeah, you hunt they built the and house so, in the wrong spot yeah. technically so, yeah well they i'm sure that's most people's standards is it was on in too good of a deer area you should have built your house there well he obviously wasn't a deer hunter he because you because you can look at it and see it's on the edge of the cedars and Everything about it says X marks the house. Yeah. And so I would have put the house up by the shop. Yeah. You know, and save the deer hunting space. A perfect example. He's doing something every day and he's outside every day. Even, even just pulling into your driveway. I can literally stand, me and mom just the other day were sitting on the porch and we have Christo and Dan out there and she's laughing like mom has a loud laugh and there's five, 10 deer out in the field they'll look at you and they'll be like, huh, what's up? Now, granted, it's the time of year that they don't care as much either, but it'll get to be time of season. And they may like walk off into the woods if we're out being obnoxious in the tent or in the yard or something, but they're pretty well used to be like, not to the point of you can walk up and pet his deer. Don't get us confused with that. But the point of like, they're not going to go run a mile or be out of there for the next four or five days because they got busted which is what you run into in places where they never see anybody or anything at all. You go in there and you bust some deer. You could be looking at maybe they come back that afternoon or whatever, but they might be gone a couple days. Okay, so. There was, I just saw a video on Facebook of a dude that integrated himself into a mule deer herd. The same guy did it with turkeys. Oh, is it that guy that had, um, 
Yeah, I think it was. So yeah, it was the same video, guy, didn't I? Yeah, I didn't realize it was the sure same guy the that same did guy. the mule deer thing. Yeah. Yeah, and he was saying like it took him every took him day, home. like so they got a large to... portion of the day. Yeah, and every <laughs> walking day, walking around these deer until they finally let him get closer and closer and closer, and then it they took didn't... one of them, didn't it? Didn't he say? I don't know. I like one of the, the does finally was like, "Okay, I think that you're trustworthy," and came up to him, and then the rest <laughs> of them were like, "Oh, okay." Could you imagine, and, like, during deer season, he just waits for that doe to come in heat and then throttles a buck? Oh, my well, God. <laughs> what, what do you think? She's like, he goes out there, hey, Susie, how you doing today? And here comes Thunk. the buck right behind her. <laughs> well, what do you think that would, that would do to their mentality if that is? So he gets them all used to it and then fall rolls around and he shoots Bob, he, the big buck. He, the, the, now, the would woman, they all be like, I can't believe we fell for that. No, the <laughs> doe. The doe is either going to, that he got real close with, is either going to be extremely appreciative yeah. of her, him saving her right. from bad things, or she's going to hate him. Like, why'd you just shoot my boy? But <laughs> Yeah, it, d- it depends if she's a hoe or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how on these podcasts. Did I say that? I meant doe. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That's funny. A doe hoe. <laughs> she is this double Howard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So th- the other part of I think um Sean's question was not necessarily so that's a little bit about cameras and food and trying to just get a little bit of an inventory but as far as stands go like this time of year we hanging any stands are you I mean it, it, would you do it These right now? Are for the trials. Okay. <laughs> What's that? That was That was good. What did he say? You wouldn't understand you're okay. old though. I said these does are for the trails. I don't know what that means. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So let's talk about stand location. Yes. He's like way off in La La Land. Yeah, today. because he doesn't touch anything until the week before season. I would say if I was going to hang stands, I'd be doing it now opposed to I don't like doing stuff in June oh, I hate July because it's too flipping hot. I hate doing it then too, but that's the time to do it. And then I don't I'll, – I'll go do – I'm – it's, it's a little tough to hang stands. I guess it's not tough to hang stands this time of year if you have very good intel from last year or over the winter on where you want to put a stand. That's what I was but, just about to say. But one of the things that we're doing is managing our deer. So a lot of times I don't know whether I got a deer that is going to be of age on a property until a certain period of time. I got to make sure that there is someone there. Now, there's there's some places right now that I could say I could go put a stand in and, and be ready. So that is where I've given people Onyx tips during shed season because shed season, you're if you shed hunt, you're walking over everything, absolutely everything that you normally hunt. And so me and Warren did it multiple times where we're walking around, even on pieces that we hadn't hunted yet that we were just shed hunting. And I have a different color on my pen and like I'll mark what it is, but I'll mark like here is a uh, a, a huge scrape, or right. here is like a this could be a good trail for a stand or something like that, um, so that I know now. Because the other thing you got to pay attention to is like I have a really good idea. Even when I'm hunting during deer season, I'll do the same thing because I can either go do that during season and move stuff like when I can, or I'm banking on next year. Yeah, I could really use a stand over there or something like that, so that now I can go do that. But you got to pay attention to. Don't overcut things yeah. as far as like your shooting lanes, because you bank on. I mean, you, you depends on what time your season opens. But like here, we got like a week or two of pretty thick, if not a little bit more actually, but of thick. But full foliage as opposed to nothing. Late October. Yeah, it and can change dramatically. So if you cut your shooting lanes to what it looks like during the summer, 
be ready because you're going to be looking like a sore thumb stuck up there, bare on a telephone pole. Like so. a turd in a punch bowl. Y- yeah, that. So, I yeah. wonder who was the first person to shit in the punch bowl that made people Warren. I don't know. You were making this going to have to have the little E next to it. <laughs> but that's no different than most of them. That's valid. Because so you got to think about that. Who put the first turd in the punch bowl to make that saying? I don't even I have don't a clever know. comment to come at someone <laughs> because someone had to do it, <laughs> or they just thought of it. Thought that boy, there's that turd, no way that they turd just, in a punch no, bowl. Somebody it. took a turd and put it in a punch bowl. <laughs> there's no they, way in the did world. Did they take a turd and they put it in the punch bowl, or did they turd into the okay. punch bowl? I realized how I said that, and I would imagine that just, <laughs> this is like a Steve Stifler situation where he poops in the <laughs> in the cooler when he steals the guy's jet skis. What? <laughs> yeah. It's American Pie. Yeah, I know Stifler. He wants to steal these uh, these frat guys' jet skis. <laughs> so he swims under the water, ties rope onto their jet skis, then sneaks around with his rope, ties it to the tr- his truck, and then he's like, oh, that's not good enough. So while they're not paying attention, he opens up their cooler of beer and takes <laughs> a dump in it. And then <laughs> he walks away. They go to get another beer. He grabs a turd, freaks out, and then Stifler takes off with his truck and pulls his jet skis through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. I don't think I missed much. So I'd say there's your person that probably discovered poop in a punch bowl. <laughs> now I want to go watch role right. models. Yeah, that's a good one, too. What were some of his... Uh, Anyways. Let's get back to our questions. Yeah, sorry, guys. We're on one today. I don't know what yeah. it is, but... Um, like so, so, like I said, probably not mock scrapes or anything like that till mid June. I, I, I mean, there's you're just, not gonna hurt. You can you're not start gonna hurt now, it to go now either. But, but my point is, is you can't tell who it is or what they're doing. You can, you're just getting them ready. You're getting you could benefit for yourself though, if if you uh, don't have an area where there's a scrape, but you know that there's deer in the area to start a really big one, or even just start it some in hopes that they'll they'll pick up on it. And that way you know that you got one and that they're going to start, that they're used to using it and frequently using it. Yep. And don't expect it. Like, they're not going to go crazy on it, but just one or two bucks start coming, and then all of a sudden a few does show up, another buck shows up, and then they stop in once in a while. But you end up with a video or a photo of a buck that you might not know that he's there. I mean, Uh you know, so. And I would say this, your scrapes are going to be more likely to give you that, piece of advice or piece of information that you need um, as opposed, I, I find they're better than food. I just, a lot of my bigger bucks don't want to come to a food block, don't want to come to a food. Sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, you know, but it doesn't seem like any of them like stay away from a scrape. Yeah. You but know? at the same time, I, I, I prefer doing the scrapes once they are using them more frequently because I don't have to deal with sifting through as many photos. Because I'll get sure. I'll get does, I'll get fawns, I'll get bucks, all sorts of things on my scrapes. But the majority of them are the bucks. So what's a so I think I can't remember who you said whether Devin was or someone asked the question about whether we think food plots are worth it. I think and, it was both of them actually. Well, I'm going to tell guys. you as of today, they better be because I just <laughs> finished putting seven acres worth of food plots in. Yeah, and um. Here's the thing about that is I try to put food plots in so that we have food there all year long. So today I'm planting perennials, something that will continue to come back. I'm doing that for multiple reasons. One, so that the deer have a food source. Number two, keep the weeds down. Number three, 
I'm trying to um, put some nutrition back into the ground so that I can come back and put my annuals in and not have to spray for weeds and not have to put down any more. That's going to be the first time, like at your 80, that you have. I've ever done that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be really good down there. I hope so. Because I think that it's going to keep a lot of the weeds out of there and it'll be a like an actual lush food plot. And then, just, you, and then we'll just come right in yeah. and put our annual stuff right over top of it. And so what we did today was we planted um, uh, Trophy Clover by Antler King. Um, that's what I'm putting in all those plots right now. Clover is what's going to put nitrogen back in the ground. I did have to, but before I did that, I put potash on the ground to help um, new, give some nutrition to the clover itself. Um, so anyhow, so there's different things you'll want to definitely do your pH test and stuff like that. Um, but then what will happen is hopefully if we get the rain and the ground was perfect today, yeah, yeah, it, it was, was really I mean, it was some moisture still there and everything. So I had one field that was really hard. Yeah. That was dry. That was the last one I just did. It'd be but all right though. It should the, be. And we're, we're supposed to be getting rain. Yeah. We? We're supposed to get rain tonight. So it depends. Did you get a tick on you? I thought so. It's not. Um, just your food plots, like. It, it, the question I think for both of them was, are they worth, are they it? worth it? What are you using? Are they not worth it? I think that they are very lucrative if you can use them in the right forms, in the right uh, food, I guess. Because like it de- I think it depends. Depends too. on the area. Like, yeah. Some of them, like I, I. There's some I of them that's pointless. That, yeah, I think those quarter acre plots and stuff that we used to do. I don't think there's any point in doing that because I from. Sure, I think it might kind of stop them going by, but no deer are deliberately coming to that. We're like the it, one at the eighty; those deer are they are going there. to there's that food source. A, there's a difference though between trying to get them to stay there because they have enough food, as opposed to knowing that there's food there they can come to. Because, like I, I just did. I didn't really plan it; didn't have to do much. But I just put in like quarter acre, not anticipating them coming to it a ton, not anticipating like really anything of consistency with it besides the fact of instead of the deer having to go this way in that area because I know they bed right there, I put a, a, that right next to their bedding where I can actually hunt it still in hopes that maybe they'll, you know, whether they're there midday or whether they're there just leaving and stuff, that they have a reason to come that way as opposed to going a different way because no matter what way they go, they can find food anywhere. But if I can coax them to go, at least narrow them down a little bit, that's going to help me a ton because even in that spot, that's that's one of the ones I've told you that I, it's the hardest one for me to hunt because the wind is so difficult to get proper where it's actually blowing consistently, whether we have 15 or 20 mile an hour winds or not. So now if I can at least bank on where the deer are going to come from as opposed to them coming from everywhere, that's going to help me. And so I don't bank on, like, that quarter-acre plot, I do not bank on it, pulling deer, anything. I'm simply putting it there for the deer that I know are already existing in that spot to maybe give them a reason to come over. I would say that the two plots that we have that draw deer to feed, it would be the one at the 80 that you just talked about, and then the uh, one we call the north plot. At your house. At the house. Yep. And that, See, I disagree the, with you. I think that whole entire section. Yeah, has, but, but that, that plot... They're coming to, meaning you can sit on there and know they're going to enter from the this corner or that corner or whatever. But you've also given them the food now that can hold them yes. year-round with the alfalfa and everything. That's what, it's not, five acres, it six acres? Hold them. There's not enough there. <clears throat> there's a ton. That's where they all go to the there's neighbors a, in the... Because it's corn. 
Yeah, in the and they have more food. I don't, I don't I don't have the right food for dead winter. Yeah. Yeah, no. But, but I, he has enough there where he but like that's those, bigger than the 80 food plot. Those plots we used to have at those southern farms. Yep. Pointless. pointless. Well, th- th- there they were pointless. One they never really came in very well. Number two, um, they were right on the edge of a cornfield slash bean field, whatever he was planting there. So there was already a major food source there. For that guy that's out there that doesn't, maybe he's hunting hardwoods or something like that, man, putting something fresh green in there, and it may only be a quarter acre. Again, like Easton was saying, they're not coming to that food plot to um, spend two hours there, but would they swing over there and grab a bite to eat so, before they so head on to somewhere else? Why not try and find a spot, though, that you could make it three-quarters of an acre? Well, that'd be and great. I don't, I'm just saying well, when I'm you can't. You, like right now, I don't. I wouldn't even have a spot on that piece. That's the, I mean, the first one that I've gotten to lease for work, basically. But I don't have any any way to like that quarter acre right there is the biggest section I'm going to get out I just, of anything. I just don't know that there's, there's no be food enough there it. to be able to get them to do anything. I think that I think they may. Plus, I think they might if they're going to actually come through. I think they're going to ruin it. I mean, they're going to. They depend. Well, it depends. So, so what I put in was, what the heck was it? It was a new one that they came out with, the no-till, um, honey hole. No. Grade eight. No. Southern it's greens. It's not the ones that you use. It's a mixture. I can't remember exactly what it's called. What I used though was uh, it's from it's from Antler King as well, but it's a no-till. Like you can till it in if you want or if you're able to. Otherwise, you can just hand spread it, and. It's kind of it's the most simple kind they have, but it's a blend. So they have clover, trophy clover. They have some brassicas nice. in it. No, um, fall, winter, spring food plot blend. Lights out. Grade eight. No, the grade eight. Is I have the bag in my truck. <laughs> I should grab it. But um, so, like for this one, I knew that I could basically. Sorry, slam dunk. It might be it. Go back up. Maybe it is the trophy. No, I think it's a slam dunk one. I don't know. I'll have to check. But anyways, uh, where was I at? I, was, I don't know. Yeah, me either. I think what we I I think we should do save well, like did. getting too deep into um, um, podcast and to a whole podcast on food plots. Well, I agree. Um, we're just talking about what's the yeah. We're just talking about like whether it's beneficial. And my answer would be yes. And depending on your situation, it's going to be more beneficial. Other times than not, I, I mean, still have to disagree with Lauren now. Because, no, because no like wet no till plot mix that one. Yep, that so that's a newer one, but that that is uh, a great place for. Me. I can't till anything in there. I don't have anywhere that's big enough for me. Like again, I was not banking on holding deer, but the reason I disagree with what you were saying on that is we know year round that those deer have massive bedding corridor there and all the time. And for whatever reason, they like to bed in it all year round. But there's no food within, I don't know, a multiple hundred yards. Like, they, they come to it to live in it. But then they go, any direction they go, they're going to find food. But they have to go a hot minute to find it. And so when they want to spend that much time, clearly that they want to spend a lot of time there for whatever reason, that they feel safe there and everything. If you can give them more reason to stand or to stay, stay there. there, because I can't hunt any of the food. I can't hunt any of the of the food sources they are going to, so it's catching them to or from is all it is. Now if I can give them a reason to at least hang out longer until they go out at night or whatever to the big food plot, or not food plot, You're creating stuff, a staging area. I 100% think that that would make a difference. Now, you might be completely right. I might go in there, and one, it might not come up, 
two, it might not do anything. But the issue with like, like what you were saying, I don't. I really don't think that they're going to ruin it because I don't think it's going to be all that great. For the point of that, there's clover in it, and then there's brassicas as well. And so I think that they would maybe they might destroy the clover and stuff in there. But I really think that if they, as long as some of the brassicas and stuff are left in there, that's going to be great come season for that reason because they they get better. They start hitting brassicas a heck of a lot more once it that'll, starts getting cold. That'll be a good one just to check and see. So mm-hmm. we'll keep it. You'll have to go in there. You got a camera on that one or no? Yep, I I, I did that, and then I also put a food block in a camera gotcha. right there for now. Well, I, my problem is is that once I put my food plots in, then I want to go watch them. I want to go see them grow. You're it's the almost, one that paints the wall and waits for it to dry. Yeah, I mean, it's like I already called Shane, asked me if you want to go over and watch my plot tonight. I'm gonna call Dad one of these guarantee nights. He's probably watching his. He is. They're he's, gonna have... he's as bad as I am. He's like, mine's already started to germinate because he got his stuff in before all this rain. Yeah. You know, freaking be sitting there with lawn chairs. Dad's gonna have a Pepsi and Oreos. Oh, yeah. oh, I think. Oh, I'm... nope, it's just a bug. Yeah. Oh, there's one. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, did we answer everyone's questions? I mean, to I mean, the, I think that's a real part? general, like what they were asking as far as what we're doing. That's what we're doing right now and yeah. then we'll, we're going to get into a lot more we need to get a biologist like what Warren is asking for the mineral stuff but also we're going to have one of our good buddies uh, Robbie with Antler King at some point he's going to come do a food plot like we'll go into some of this stuff because the amount oh, yeah. of people that are asking about food plots and when it comes to clover there I don't think there's anybody out there that knows as much about his forte is clover yep I mean, not that he doesn't know about everything else as well, but, man, I've seen that guy grow a clover plot like I've never seen before. Just for pe- just to get in, just to give somebody a reference, because if those guys are asking, I would imagine that they're probably in a position where they might be able to plant something. What it, just give us two, two things that you would suggest if, you got, if you're limited, but you can plant a few things. Two things you could plant right now that would be beneficial. Um, clover and alfalfa. Yep, those um, are actually the two that I was thinking in my yep, head. And and uh, Antler King makes a it, it, it's new, been out for a year or two, Booner Buffet, and you put that stuff in, and it comes back year after year. And I would tell you that that one's both, isn't it? It is, and I'm two years in on it, and we're haying that. Yep, and it looks freaking fantastic this year. It's like a foot and a half tall already at the house. It's over my knee. Yeah, if you guys are like anything like me, and you are interested in food plots, but you don't have a great you have permission or you don't have the ability to do anything with the land. Um, <clears throat> or if you can get a landowner, a lot of times something like that, like what I did, my landowner doesn't care because I don't have to till nothing up. I don't have to take anything out, anything like that. That's a bad one. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good job. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually this, really impressed. That was, that was, this podcast. That just, was the Bruce Lee show. Easton just whacked a cloth moth in flight in one <laughs> swap. And, and now I'm gonna would attack my. Now mouth. I'm gonna continue my point too because I didn't forget it. So well, doesn't he get you with chopsticks? He did. You know, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so take if you have as the ability as they, as they will let you. Would you guys shut up for two from seconds? My oh my gosh! See now, as kick as you can. Huh? No, you won't know who that one is. That was Grasshopper. The Karate Kid. No, before the Karate, karate kid, kid, even there was a Karate Show on. David Carradine played oh the dude, gosh. and he said, "As quickly as you can, snatch this pebble from my hand." Ooh. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Sounded. I think I'm probably really, really close. Uh, why are you getting? You're just feeling him. Oh, I'm enjoying this. Okay. Yeah. You have any other impersonations? <laughs> 
I do. Anyway, what else you got? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do them on air. Okay, for anybody that my point <laughs> seven minutes ago that I started, did if you, you know have the you ability? What are you doing? Did you just hit that guy? What you doing? You can't do that in the store. That's the Seven Eleven impression. <laughs> did you know they race camels in Saudi Arabia? Warren, <laughs> <laughs> they do. Why do we do? This is gonna be one of the randomest podcasts. Any <laughs> he of won by a hump. <laughs> <laughs> What happens if your camel's got double humps? That's what I was going to say. That's cheating. Should be twice as fast. At least there's a place to ride then. All right, finish your point. I think we're about (laughs) ready to wrap this up. (laughs) (laughs) If you have the ability to put something small in and it's not very easy for you to get to your food plots often, think of something like clover, alfalfa, perennials. And we're talking about perennials that come back on their own year after year. You may have to do like a little spraying or something like that of weeds and stuff. But if it comes up very well, you won't have to. So small places or even big food plots and stuff that you don't want to have to go into every year, perennials. It's a great option. Oh, they can be super. And clover's just like across the board works everywhere. Yep. All right. All right, he's getting ready to go on another tangent, so I'm going to close this he's thing looking before at he pictures. does. Yeah, which is bad. <laughs> That's really bad. I, I have to say, though, you made a comment, and he didn't pick up on it about, you know, if you just need a place to put something small in. <laughs> and I was waiting for him. Oh, to- <laughs> I didn't even think of it that way either. <laughs> Man, I've had all sorts of things come out wrong today. Right? Well, that came so- out wrong in itself. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these jockeys. Okay, we have to get off this podcast. You look at that and you tell me why that camel's running fast. It looks like one of those teenage, <laughs> the the Power Ranger. Teenage Mutant Ninjas. No, the Power what? Ranger. All right. So thank you guys for tuning in to the Raised Hunting Podcast. I apologize for, I should start apologizing at the beginning of these so that it just covers everything that might be said during this. Nick's you were got, in on it. Nick's so. got his work cut out for him on this one. He's got some stuff to cut out, so. I don't think there's anything. But to uh, <laughs> I'm still going to ask you about 7-Eleven. <laughs> Continue you to got part of it. Send in your uh, send in your your comments. Please do the reviews. We sure appreciate it, and leave um, those because it helps boost the ratings. Ratings were what make more people there. We get to reach more people. So, but the other one is like these guys have sent in topics. Send in your topics, man, because we sure appreciate it. We enjoy doing it, and we will probably try to do a shout out if you'd send in a topic. So. All right, well, it's that time of year. The big one I'm going to ask of a favor of is start taking pictures or video of velvet deer and send them in. Send us a picture if you found a fawn. Don't go pick it up, but just take a picture of it. But it's that time of year, and we love seeing the what people are doing outdoors. So thanks again, guys. Appreciate you. This is the Raised Hunting Podcast signing off.